Good morning. Good to see you today. Welcome home. We are so glad that you are here today. How many are feeling like they ate too much this this weekend? Anybody? Just a few. I've got my baggy shirt on today because I had quite a bit quite a bit to eat this weekend. Hey, we're glad you're here. Um, can you believe it's already Christmas season? And we, because of that, we're starting a new series, as you saw in the video, called Unwrapped, Opening the Real Gifts of Christmas. And over the next five weeks, we are going to be opening up a different gift or present um, each week and talking about that. How many like to get gifts? Raise your hand. Okay. How many like to give gifts? All right. How many, how many like both? You like to give and you like to receive? Just a handful. Most of you said you liked getting gifts. That's good. Hey, today we are going to open up our first gift today that we're going to be talking about and unwrapping. And today we're going to be learning that Jesus came into the world to give us the gift of hope. Okay, can we say hope together? Hope. Yep. Jesus came into the world to give us the gift of hope. The truth of the matter is this morning that he wanted to take not only the people of that day from a feeling of hopelessness to a feeling or a, a mindset of hopefulness, he also wanted to do that in us today. You see, he came into the world to give us hope, the gift of hope. And he came into the world not only to give us the gift, but to move us from a feeling of hopelessness to a mindset of hopefulness. Jesus came into the world to move us from feelings of hopelessness to a mindset of hopefulness. Many of us, even today, we feel that way. This time of year, and every holiday for that matter, is a reminder of someone that's not here. Every year there's, there's people sitting here that someone that you love isn't sitting by you. Maybe it's because of a divorce. Maybe it's because of a death. Maybe it's because of the miles that are in between you and them. But sometimes Christmas, the Christmas season, is, is a happy time, and for others it's not. And for, for, you, for those of us who maybe find ourselves in that boat, it's easy to have feelings of hopelessness, isn't it? And if we're not feeling that way now, we have felt that way, or at some point we will feel that way. But the good news today is that we can move from those feelings of hopelessness to an attitude and a mindset of hopefulness. Really, when you think about hope, just in general, hope isn't something that you can wrap up and give as a present, and it's not really something that, that comes in a box. You see, hope it doesn't come in the form of presence. It comes in the form of His presence. Hope doesn't come in the form of a present, obviously. It comes from His presence. Amen? And in the middle of whatever you're dealing with, your, your current situation, you can also currently have His presence. That's what hope is. When you look at the definition of hope, it's a very simple de- definition. It just simply means a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. Hope is a feeling or an expectation for something specific to happen. You know, oftentimes that's why we feel hopeless and we need hope. Oftentimes it's maybe it's not a death or it's not miles in between us or a strained relationship. It's simply because we have been praying about a situation and 
this promise that we feel like God has given us has been unfulfilled. Have you ever been praying for your adult child or praying for someone that you work with or praying for a marriage or praying for a strained relationship? And you've read a scripture or you've said a prayer and you feel like God has promised you that it's going to be okay, that that something's going to happen there. And days go by and months go by and maybe even years go by and there's nothing. And you begin to ask the question, what do you do when the hope that was foretold, that God promised, seems unfulfilled? What do you do when the hope that you felt like was foretold to you seems unfulfilled? I think that's exactly what was taking place with the Israelites. You see, they had gotten themselves into a mess. And before the Old Testament closes out, there are these prophets. And prophets would tell the future, not from a gypsy or a genie in the bottle perspective, but from a God speaking to them and through them. God would meet with these prophets and he would tell them certain things. And then those prophets would go and tell the people. Well, probably the most important prophecy that was ever told was about a messenger and a Messiah. And here's what was said. Look, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. And then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. So what we see in those red words is a couple of important prophecies. Let's read the red words only. I am sending my messenger. Then the Lord will suddenly come. One more time. I am sending my messenger, and then the Lord. So there's this promise, this prophecy. There's going to be a messenger, and there's going to be a Messiah. There's going to be a messenger, and there's going to be a Messiah. Now here's where the hope starts to move to hopeless. Nothing happens. 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, nothing. And all they have is not fresh hope, it's old hope. It's past hope. That can get pretty daunting at times, holding on to something that was promised a long time ago. We have... 400 years of silence from God. 400 years of this promise, this prophecy not being fulfilled. But the good news is, is things were about to change. 400 years goes by, the Israelites are dried up. They're expired. It's expired. And all of a sudden, God breaks his silence And he begins to speak to this priest called Zechariah. There's a couple of quick things you need to know. I don't want to bore you with details, but there's a couple of quick things you need to know about Zechariah. One was his character and and the other was his problem. He had high character, but he also had a big problem. In fact, not only did he have high character, but his wife also had high character. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. So what we have here is someone who's got high character and yet 
has problems. Did you know that even when you follow God, you got problems? Many of us know that. The problem was they couldn't have kids. And they wanted kids. In fact, back then, it was almost believed if you, if, you, if you didn't have kids that God was either punishing you or there must be something wrong with you. Do you have God's favor? They have no children. Year after year after year, they pray, God, give us a baby. Nothing. Some of you have prayed and your deepest desire is to have a kids. And maybe that's happened for you. Maybe it hasn't. I remember Whitney and I were married six years before we had Noah, and in the, about a year before we had Noah, we had a miscarriage. I remember those moments of despair, and some of you have had not just moments, but almost feels like a lifetime of despair. They had this problem. But God, in the midst of their problem, was going to come and fulfill his promise. Zechariah was, if you have your Bibles and you want to go to Luke chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, you can do that. If not, we'll have it here on the screen. But Zechariah... He was a priest and he was, you know, it was his family line's turn to serve in the inner sanctuary of the temple. And they cast lots and Zechariah won, if you want to say it that way. And Zechariah makes his way into, past the courtyard into the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies at that time. Because remember, Jesus obviously isn't on the scene yet. And so they had to make sacrifices to appease God. So Zechariah makes his way into the temple And he gets the ashes and he begins to burn the incense and say his prayers. And 400 years of silence is broken because God began to speak. While he's in this inner sanctuary, God speaks and gives him a vision. He sees a vision. This messenger that they had read about, that everybody had read about, was going to come through Zechariah and Elizabeth, this John the Baptist that was going to be the messenger, the forerunner that was going to come and prepare the way for Jesus. He would, he would have this message to repent for the kingdom of God is near and, and it would begin to soften hearts and prepare for the Messiah Jesus to come And share the gospel. God was beginning to speak not only to Zechariah. But all of a sudden to Mary. While Zechariah and Elizabeth were old. Mary is a teenager. And Mary's going about her business. She'd also read the prophecies. She knew that this Messiah that that was prophesied about. Would come through through a virgin. But if God was going to pick a virgin. And pick a mother to, to the Messiah. Surely it would be. Someone who's more motherly or, or older or more mature. But for whatever reason, God's choosing senior citizens and seniors in high school to carry this promise, this messenger, and this Messiah. And so Mary's doing her normal thing. 
And this angel appears to Mary and says, You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne after his ancestor David. And it's at this point that Mary realizes the prophecy that I've been reading about and foretold about, this old hope, this past hope is coming to, to, to fruition in me. You see, the Bible tells us that he was that the messianic line would come through David's line. And when he tells her that it's her, she realizes that he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end. So let me get this straight. Not to just bore you with a story. Malachi prophesies about a messenger. This messenger is John the Baptist. And God is going to use some senior citizens to accomplish this. Even more importantly, this Messiah that they've been waiting on for 400 years is going to all of a sudden come to fruition through a couple of teenagers? God's using the elderly and the adolescents to bring about the Messiah? I think it's important for us to realize that sometimes hope comes from some pretty unlikely places. Hope doesn't always look like we imagined it, does it? But it's hope just the same. I share that with you today as we start to unpack this story because some of us are trying to find hope in the middle of our hopelessness and we're looking through a certain door and God's coming through another door. Could it be today as we, as we look at this story that how we imagine hope to be fulfilled and how we imagine certain things to happen. You know, you always prayed that your child would get married, but you had a different picture of who they would marry. And, 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 and so you're having your, you're having a hard time with that. You always imagined that you would have a certain paycheck and, and, and really you've got a job and God has provided you hope, but, but it's not like what you want. You had this ideal in your mind of, of, of the Messiah coming in the form of some Pharisee who was religious and, and the wife was a certain way and, and, and instead God's using teenagers and using senior adults and that's just not how you pictured it and so you're having a hard time grabbing onto what's real because you can't let go of the ideal. And can I tell you today that it could be you might be missing some hope because you're looking in the wrong places. Sometimes hope comes from some unusual people. In some unusual places. I wouldn't have picked an old couple and a teenage couple to bring the messenger and the Messiah, but God did. And you wouldn't have picked the life that you have. Some of you would, but some of you wouldn't. But God wants to use you in the life that you do have. You see, Jesus was coming into the world to change the narrative from hopeless to hopeful. Let's read it together. Jesus was coming into the world to change the narrative from hopeless. God wants to take your hopeless feelings 
and move them to a mindset of hopefulness. That's what you need to know today. Here's some things that we can do about it. There's three things specifically that we can do about it. The first thing is very simple. We need to receive the gift of hope that Christ offers. Let's read it together. Receive the gift of hope. Now, when we think of that, oftentimes we think of receiving salvation, asking Jesus into our hearts. Okay, now I have hope. And if that's you today, you don't have a relationship with Christ and you feel hopeless, as you receive Jesus into your heart, he gives you the hope that you need to walk throughout life. But I want to talk to another group of people today, and that's probably a larger group of people in here. You have asked Jesus into your heart and you've invited that hope in, but that hope is old. Because you maybe haven't been fanning the flame of that relationship with Jesus or the circumstances around you have made that hope almost seem outdated. Because you've been praying a long time for something. Or you've been asking God a long time for something. Or you've been dealing with this cancer for a long time. Or you've been in a bad marriage for a long time. Or you've been in an estranged relationship for a long time. But when we receive hope, it's not just when we are saved. We can receive hope every single day for every single circumstance. Jesus is the key to hope. You get hope. And 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 you get hope. Remember Oprah? Everybody in the audience, now listen to me carefully, is being given a special package, and I don't want you to open it. Do not open it. Cameras are on you, so do not open until I tell you. Does everybody have a box? Yes! All right. Inside one of these boxes is a key. Do not open it yet. Okay, everybody, listen up. Here is the deal. If your box has a key... You will be the last person today to get one of those cute little G6s, okay? Who will it be? Are you ready? Hold on. Are you ready? JR is back in our audio booth. I want, you know, JR, this calls for a drum roll. Cue the drum roll. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. So under your chair, somebody was like, are you serious? How cool would it be to give everybody a car? That's pretty cool. You want to know what's even more cool than a car? You got to pay taxes on the car that you get. Those cars break down. It's because Jesus came. In fact, he was coming so that every one of us can have hope. You all, we all, that's why we have a church. That's why we meet together every week is to proclaim that we all get hope.
There's no situation, no matter how ugly and nasty, and some of us have had some pretty horrible stories. No matter how hopeless you are, no, ha- no matter how hopeless the situation that you're aware of is, there is always hope because Jesus came. Hope is for everyone. Not just keys to a car. Imagine if that was Jesus instead of Oprah. And imagine instead of cars, those are people that are overcomers. See, Jesus is the key to hope. So unwrap it. I remember watching students at camp or just, you know, telling people about the Lord and, and they had this gift waiting on them. You ever, you ever been un- unwrapping gifts under the tree and you find one that you forgot to open that was like tucked behind something and all of a sudden you're like, there's one more. See, every one of us, whether we take the gift or not, Jesus gives every one of us gifts. And our job is to unwrap. And say, God, I want hope. I want to receive hope. See, God gives us hope not just so we can receive it, but so that we can give it as well. Let's read it. Give the gift of hope Christ offers generously. He calls us to receive it. And he calls us to give it. He calls us to receive it so that we can give it. In fact, Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see. Let your generosity, let your hope shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your Father in heaven. Who around you needs hope? Who do you know right now in the middle of this Christmas season that's struggling? Did you know it's not somebody else's job to give them hope when they come to your mind? You know, things come to your mind for a reason. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's a note. Maybe it's a smile. I'm just being honest, and I can say this because I'm a preacher. It's easy to hear a sermon. But it's more powerful to see a sermon. And when we receive Jesus daily, when we're filled with him and he's, he's coming out of us, we're able to give hope generously. It's almost, it happens just naturally. I was teasing Kara Ward in the first service. Kara always puts picture, pictures of food that she eats. She goes to a restaurant and likes the food. She'll take a picture of it and send it. And you're the same way. Think about it. If you go to a restaurant and you like the food, what do you do? You tell people about it. You go back. That's right. You go back and you tell people about it. That's the biggest marketing strategy, the most effective marketing strategy there is. Word of mouth. I went there. The service was good. The restaurant was clean. And the food was awesome. Guess what we do? We want to go. And when Jesus is in our heart and we're living for him, We can't help but ooze hope to other people. Who around you needs hope? And finally, not only are we to to receive it and to give it, but God calls us to live it. We're called to receive it. 
We're called to give it. We're called to live it. Let's read it. Live out the gift of hope. What does it look like to live out the gift of hope daily? It means being the, the same person every day, being consistent in your faith, being consistent in your words of encouragement, being consistent in the midst of adversity. There's people all around us that need hope. And when we consistently receive it, we can go around and we can give it. And sometimes we don't even have to tell people. You know, I'm, I'm just in a, I just want to quit, you know, quit my job because everybody in, that I work with is negative. You know, I have feelings of hopelessness. But when I encounter God, I realize that I have a mindset of hopefulness. And you know what? I'm going to go into that negative situation in that workplace. And you know what I'm going to bring? Instead of my resume to go somewhere else, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring hope. I'm going to bring joy. I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring love. We're looking for the ideal. And can I tell you, the only ideal there is is heaven. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Are you bringing hope to the hopeless? Are you bringing hope into the hopelessness? Are you living with hope consistently? Jesus was coming into the world to change the narrative. From hopeless to hopeful. Jesus is the key to hope, really. I don't have keys to a new car. But we do have some keys in here. And they say Jesus is the key to hope. And as I'm going to take one of these bowls to each section... You see, Jesus, before we can give it, we've got to receive it. You can't give something that you don't have. So symbolically this morning, we're going to take hope out of the bowl. We're going to receive it. And then we're going to give it. We're going to take hope. And then we're going to give hope. We're going to receive hope. And then we're going to give hope. What would it look like in your life if you would begin to realize and I would begin to realize that the key that we're looking for is not the answer to our prayers. The key that we're looking for is not the situation necessarily to to change, although that would be great sometimes. But the key to hope is that in the midst of the hopelessness and the the loss and the struggle, because some of us are in here today, that the key you're looking for isn't money to pay to buy more Christmas presents. The key you're looking for is not for your spouse to treat you a little bit better. The key you're looking for is not for someone to come back or relationship to be the way it's supposed to be. Those are all byproducts. 
Jesus. He's the key. He's the hope. Sin locks us up. We're born locked up. But when we hear about Christ and we receive him through salvation, he unlocks us and sets us free. Then he calls us to unlock through his power those people around us. There's people that you know. Someone needs to unlock them. Someone needs to go and be the encouragement. To be the peace. To be the hope. Imagine what it would look like if we received his hope. If we received his love. Imagine if we begin to give it and we begin to live it. I can tell you what would happen. There wouldn't be any empty chairs. More importantly than just this church, the people around you would see who Jesus is. So as we kick off this Christmas season, what if those feelings of hopelessness were turned into a mindset of hopefulness, regardless of the situation that you're in? As we stand together this morning, What would happen? What would need to happen for those feelings of hopelessness to become a mindset of hopefulness? The splendor of the King
just your voices. Now great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a second? Won't take long. Just want to ask a question to all of us today. Do you, uh, do you need some hope today? I could be talking about big things, but maybe it's not for you. It's a little thing. Is there some hope that you need? Are you feeling hopeless today in some big or small way? Would you be willing to pray this to yourself, not out loud? God, would you move my feelings of hopelessness to a mindset of hopefulness? If you'd like to pray that, I want to give you just that chance. Lord, take my feelings of hopelessness. Replace them with a mindset of hopefulness. For some of us today with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you don't know Jesus today. Maybe you're listening online today. We've got more that are doing that and and you you feel hopeless today. And a part of that hopelessness is you don't have Jesus in your heart. And you'd like to have him in your heart. You'd like to receive the Messiah. Simply pray this prayer to yourself. Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm missing hope and I also realize you're the key to hope. So I accept your coming into the world. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you raised from the dead. And I ask your spirit to save me. I choose you to be Lord of my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, would you just slip your hand up real quick? I'm not going to embarrass you. Amen. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, amen. Maybe there's some in here today. You have salvation, but you've got some old hope in the fridge. You know, it's old. And you'd like some fresh hope today. You'd like some hope that's not expired. You just simply pray this with me. Lord. I need a fresh touch of your hope and your presence. Father, you tell me to keep carrying, to taking up my cross. And so, Father, I'm just, I'm going to keep taking it up. But, Lord, it gets hard. So, Father, fill me with your spirit. And I just confess feelings of hopelessness. Just confess to him, whatever that is. And, Lord, today... I choose an attitude of being hopeful and just list to him what it is that you're hoping will happen. And Lord, I continue to believe that there's going to be a day 
Maybe not the way that I think, but there's going to be a day where according to your will, it'll come to fruition. In Jesus' name. With every bow, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, just slip your hand up real quick. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for who you are. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that we can receive hope and give hope and live in hope. Bless us today. Be with those that are traveling. Bless those that are online today. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Have a blessed Sunday.